Wow. Oh, it was life-changing and mind-blowing and challenging. Um, I started off with learning a script at home. Going, okay, got these words, got this, you know, I've learned it, I know it. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to be speaking to a classroom of students. Yes, I can do that. Yep, okay, cool, cool, cool. No. <laughs> It was whole schools, so 1,000 to 3,000 students and teachers. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, okay, you've sent me, you, you're, you're doing this, I can't do this. And oh, he does do it. <laughs> you just have to step out. You just say that yes, that little yes, that meek, mild, okay. <laughs> And his power, his presence, his doing happens. And I stepped out and you see those faces and those words are no longer just words. They are life and hope and truth and freedom. And you get to proclaim that over these lives, which is just mind-blowing. And I, I, went, I remember when I first, the first school I did, I was like, okay, as long as I do primary schools, you know, the little ones, I like the little ones. I, I don't want to do the teenagers, that scares me. <laughs> and the first school I got was primary, I'm like, yes, okay, cool. The second school was teenagers. And I had to do a story that I hadn't actually performed before, spoken before. I was like, oh, Lord. And it was fine. It, it went really well because God was there. But by the end of that trip, God did something in my heart for the teenagers. And I had more fire and passion to be speaking to the teenagers than I actually did for the little kids. So that was just something, you know, he, he did um, that I was like completely opposite to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I won't go on anymore because let's worship. I'm just... He's amazing and I'm so grateful for this beautiful church family and that I got to go out and experience this and I know there's more to come and I encourage all of you to say yes to God, whatever that is, whatever he's asking. It doesn't have to be this particular thing, but whatever he's saying to you, say yes because he is there and he will meet you in that yes. In the Old Testament, the um, the greatest temple in the Old Testament <laughs> was Solomon's. It was the first temple that was built. And they had another couple of goes at building after it was destroyed, but Solomon's temple, I believe at the the dedication of the temple, <laughs> uh, God showed up and it said the priests couldn't stand to minister. 
They all had jobs to do and they couldn't stay on their feet because of the presence of God. <laughs> and there is a greater temple than Solomon's. <laughs> because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Can you picture that? Scripture says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the place. I'm the place. Of God's dwelling. Oh. I think that was a little taste this morning. <laughs> More coming. <laughs> Can you imagine God showing up in his fullness? <laughs> we'll spend days on the floor. <laughs> oh. God just wants to inhabit his temple. So. <laughs> I'm I'm going to read from uh Genesis verse 20 uh, chapter 26. This is an encouragement, this is a word, this is God's word. And it's about our response to God. And our willingness to follow what he says. His will, his will. Now... You've probably heard these scriptures before and generally speaking, often I hear verse 1 and then verse 12. But we're going to read the whole lot because there's something between verse 1 and verse 12 that's pivotally important to what happens in verse 12 and, and beyond. So this is Isaac, Abram's son, the son of promise. <laughs> it says in verse 1, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land of which I will tell you. 
So the famine. In those days, if there was a famine, there was no food. There's no food, you don't eat. You don't eat, you die. Serious stuff. There was no soup kitchens. <laughs> Serious stuff. Life and death. Life and death. Now, Egypt, we know Egypt had the you know, longest river in the world. Well, whatever. Big. Nile. In Egypt, there was always water in Egypt. Egypt never went dry. Uh, the, the Nile never went dry. They had famines, but they had the Nile. So God said, don't go down to Egypt. Now, that, there would have been water there, and you could think, well, that would have been the easy option. God had something for Isaac where he was. Verse 3, dwell in the land... And I will be with you and bless you for you and all your descendants. I will give all these lands and I will perform the oaths which I swore to Abraham, your father. See, Abraham had promises given to him and many of them he didn't see in his lifetime. He didn't see them. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. My statutes and my spoken over. Same promises that go on for eternity. Go on through the rest of, of, of humanity. All the earth would be blessed through the seed of Abraham. We know that was Jesus. And the blessing continues. The blessing is there. Because we carry, we carry the spirit of the living God. We carry his spirit. And then we've got this story that sits in the middle here. And at verse 7, And then the men of the place asked about his wife. And he said, She is my sister. For he was afraid to say, she is my wife, because he thought, lest these men of the place kill me for Rebecca, because she is beautiful to behold. Can you see right there, there's an element of fear. Whenever there is fear present, it's an attempt of the enemy to block the process that God wants to fulfill. Each and every time, I've got a fear radar, sort of like this. And when I see it, when I hear it, when I smell it, when I sense it, I thought, okay, the enemy is at work in this situation. He is at work in this situation because fear has been transferred to someone. Someone is afraid. Fear. Verse 8. Now it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. <laughs> In the margin it says he was caressing her. <laughs> and then Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. <laughs> so how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, because I said, lest I die on account of her. 
And Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might have soon have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people saying, he who touches this man <coughs> or his wife will surely be put to death. You know, protection from God sometimes comes from unusual sources. <laughs> A heathen king. <laughs> you touch these people, you're dead. <laughs> Does that give you confidence? Does that give you confidence? That when we come before God with a pure heart, recognise fear, say, Lord, that's not of you. You take that. You deal with that. <sighs> mm. So there was a situation from Isaac being where God had placed him. So God had placed him in this place and there was a situation because of where God had placed him. His obedience to stay where God said, you stay here, brought a test. So then he had a testimony, didn't he? You can't have a testimony if you haven't had a test. Would he tell the truth and trust God? Or tell a half-truth and trust himself. And fear was dealt with. Now we get on to verse 12. Then, after fear had been dealt with, then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And it goes on, all the things he had. There was still a challenge after that because the Philistines envied him because the Lord had blessed him. When we trust the Lord, he is there to back us up. When we submit to fear, makes it really difficult for God to do everything that he wants to do. There first has to be an acknowledgement before God. Okay, there's something here. It's not of you. Lord, you take that. And then God can do what he wants to do. And that's a funny sort of an offering message. But, but get the picture. When we give out of our, what God has given us and we do not allow fear to be a component of our obedience before God, what he says in, in the area of tithes and offerings, we release what God has for us. 
we just re- it's just released because God can move. God can do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your presence. Oh, Lord, it's your anointing that breaks, breaks all bondages. So, Father, I'm just asking that uh, in this and in all areas, Lord, you, you free our, our spirit, you free our, our mind, you free us to be obedient to what your Holy Spirit is leading us to do. And Father, we know that as we do that, as we follow the leading of your Spirit, Lord, that just allows you to do all that you've planned to do in each and every one of our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love how God works everything in together. I had a little um, a little vision of this morning uh, when I was praying yesterday, and uh, yeah, it fits just really well. So I thought I'd share that before um, Jeff comes up. I I got the word fulfillment when I was asking the Lord about today what he wanted to do and uh, he said fulfillment and then I saw many of the people standing around here in worship but I saw them as if they looked as if they had a meter inside of them like a a thermometer it was actually like their whole body was a thermometer (laughs) and uh, I could see the level rising close to the top on many of them And I believe that this picture is showing how many people are close to a qualifying experience in which their faith and reliance on God will be tested and the purpose of that is to bring an upgrade, to bring, uh, to prepare them for an upgrade or promotion that God's got for them. Now this should be really exciting. This is really exciting. Um, It works so well with what Dad was saying because that is what Isaac faced. It was an upgrade. But before he could be given the blessing that God had for him, he had to be tested. He had to have his faith tested so that he could handle the blessing that God gave him following that. And he didn't get that blessing until he, he passed that test. He was given the test and he failed it and he lived in the land a long time. While he, and he was there for quite a while, it says. And then he was given the opportunity again. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to tell the truth? And so I just wanted to share that. Um, 
because as an encouragement that as you encounter something that is a bit of a challenge, something that's a bit of a uh, a crossroads moment, what am I going to choose? Just flick your mind back to this and go, all right, is this is this the moment where I've got a choice? Is this opportunity being given by God to test, to prove that I'm capable, that he is able to trust me with what he's got for me. I've had multiple moments of these real character tests. And sometimes they're small things, but they often feel really, really big <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> Am, are you going to speak truth and quite often you'll feel very vulnerable in this situation. For me, it's been a, a moment of you could take your protection into your own hands. You could try and protect yourself from this situation. But if you step out in faith and speak truth and be vulnerable, God has got a way that he wants to protect you. He wants to protect you. He doesn't want you doing it all on your own. The word fulfillment that I got relates to the dreams that people have had for their lives and it relates to God's plan for what he's building them into. He's building each of us. He's building us. And he wants to, he wants to bring some fulfillment. So I hope that is hope rising <laughs> and it's going to uh, going to be encouraging when you step into that you find yourself in that situation over to you jeff I think when I look at um, the life of Jesus, he was the most focused person that I know. He knew he had a mission. He was focused on his mission. But he was also the most flexible person I know. Sometimes we get so focused on the mission, we lose any pliability or flex. I've just got to get this done. I've just got to get this done. Somebody comes and interrupts us because they've got a problem. No, I'm sorry, I haven't got time for that. Jesus went on mission and, and so many times he was interrupted. How dare they interrupt the mission of God, hey? And I thought I knew what I was going to speak on this morning. I was even having coffee with Jesus at three o'clock this morning, looking at it. And he shared some really good things with me. 
that is not coming out this morning. Because God's wanting to do something different this morning. And I was just amazed at the presence of God in worship this morning. Now, this holy reverence that we have for God will bring us to our knees. And there were a few people on their knees this morning and that's fine and and I know there's other people feeling, I wouldn't mind doing that. We've got to get over the feeling of what other people think. Get to the point where, Lord, I'm more concerned about what you want and what you say than anybody else. And just learn to relax in his presence and let him begin to minister to the very depth of your being what he knows is going to be life-changing. Because he's bringing the change constantly. Are we willing to accept what he's wanting to do? Or are we, I'm on a mission. (laughs) I've got things I have to do. I'll catch up with you later, Jesus. But what if Jesus has a Holy Spirit interruption in your day because he's got something special for you? I wonder how many people miss the promptings of the Holy Spirit because they're just too busy at the time. And we've got to be so sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying so we learn to cultivate an ear to hear the blessing that he wants to share. Because any Holy Ghost interruption is going to be such a blessing and a growth experience, we will be so thankful we stopped to allow the Father to share something with us. So the verses I want to read this morning are in Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 16. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. This is speaking about God's people, the children of Israel, when God brought them out of bondage, 400 years in bondage, crying out, God, we want to be free, we want to be free, we want to get out of this place. And so God comes and he brings them supernaturally out of bondage, a move of the Spirit of God that was so miraculous. God says, I'm going to bring you into something completely new. And we've been talking about what God's doing right at the moment. He's he's preparing hearts right now. There is a swell in the house, if you haven't noticed. And he's preparing hearts. And we've, we've shown a few times now this wave of glory that's coming. Now, you may have a, a concept of how you think that's going to happen. Well, I think it's going to be different. But it's going to be the presence of God coming in the glory realm in your, 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 your individual, 
personality that God's going to raise something within you. He's going to cause a swell to come from deep within because this glory realm is going to come from within. This swelling up. And I know there are people who are starting to experience some things in God what are different. They're beginning to see some things. God's showing people visions. God's giving people understanding. And there's more of that coming into the hearts of God's people. But sometimes when the, the Spirit of God begins to move and create a, 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 an expectation within us and we start declaring the goodness of God and what God's going to do, the enemy doesn't like it. So we try to bring in some other distraction, usually with a fear basis, to exercise caution because it would be wise if. These sort of statements that come out from the enemy trying to stop us from going all out for what God is preparing for us. Imagine being in a place of bondage for 400 years and crying out to God, we want to come out, we want to get free of this, we want, we want to come into what you've got for us, God. We know you've got something for us. And when God begins to move them in that direction, oh, the enemy got mad. And it says in verse 16, the same people who were delivered from bondage and brought out of Egypt by Moses... The ones who heard and still rebelled. They resisted the moving of the Spirit of God because they were afraid to enter into the promise that God had for them, but because it looked like there was opposition they couldn't handle. And the enemy is always going to put up a smokescreen of something to make you think you can't handle this. This is too much for you. God's always backed you in the past, but, you know, you better be careful. Use a bit of wisdom. You don't want to be called a, a weirdo. You want with us Jesus freaks. And so people start talking negatively about the move of God that's beginning to stir in your heart. Because once you start to focus and say, Lord, I want you to expand the capacity of my heart to receive more of you, I want the revelation of your goodness, your mercy, your faithfulness, your peace, your love, your joy. I want that so much in my heart, Lord. And then when we begin to start getting hungry, the enemy doesn't like that. So fear is the thing that he'll try to introduce to stop you from coming into what God has. They greed God for 40 years by sitting in their unbelief. See, unbelief is not no belief. Unbelief is believing something different to what God said. And God said, I've provided a brand new promised land for you and I'm going to provide everything you need. Just follow me and come in. But they saw some opposition. They saw some giants and they were afraid. So they rebelled. They got into unbelief and they wanted to stone the messengers of God because he was starting to irritate them with truth. With, we can do this, come on. No, 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 we, 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 think, we, we think we want to go back to Egypt, actually. 
how deceptive, how the enemy can make bondage look good. There are a lot of people in bondage that looks good. They grieve God for 40 years by sitting in their unbelief until they drop dead in the desert. Unbelief's not a good place to be in. So God swore an oath that they would never enter into his calming place of rest, all because they disobeyed him. It is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance because they wrapped their hearts in unbelief. We have an inheritance in God. And God says that I've provided a place for you to come into the fullness of the glory realm of my Holy Spirit in you and he's going to bring you into that place of experiential knowledge of what I have prepared for you. So it says in verse 1 of chapter 4, Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise. Remember we've been talking about embracing the word of God? The fullness of the promise of God. And God has given many of us many, many promises. And God's preparing us or he's, he's, he, he's, 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 he's causing this swell within. The, the hope within is starting to get activated again and beginning to think, I think God's really going to do this this time. I really believe God's going to activate something and he's going to bring some change into my experience and I'm going to understand more of the realms of the Spirit of God. The overwhelming presence of God. God wants you to be overwhelmed by his presence. Oh, but that might mean I'm not in control. Exactly. And that's exactly where God wants you. Out of control. There are so many people and influence trying to control God's church. God wants you out of control. Where he can then begin to minister the fullness. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. There's an experience to the promise. And you might think, well, some of these promises seem impossible. Get out of that control of the enemy making you worry about it or think it's impossible. God will provide the super abounding grace, which is the enabling power to fulfill every promise he's made to you. And delay is not denial. Just because something's delayed doesn't mean it's not coming. 
And God is preparing this church for what's coming. And there's a swell, there's a stirring. That's the hope that's in you, Christ within, beginning to get activated so your faith connects again with what you've been believing for, what you've been hoping for, and that earnest expectation is beginning to rise and God is looking for that. And then when we activate our faith, I believe you, Lord, I trust you, Lord, we are going to see a move of God that's going to be something we have never, ever seen before. And God wants everybody to know about it and be part of it. You might think, well, we're such a small group. It doesn't matter. God's just looking for hearts that are willing and obedient. Say, come, Lord, do whatever you want to do. When I was on the floor this morning, it's the only place I wanted to be, in his presence. I don't care about anything else when I'm in his presence. God loves you so much. I'll just quickly share something else with you. Um, Matthew 13. I've got a few minutes. Let's see. Matthew 13, verse 44. Now, Jesus has been speaking some parables and he's here speaking about a parable of hidden treasure and an extraordinary pearl. It says, heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field. Upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have that treasure. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all that he had in exchange for it. And we read that and many believe that's talking about Jesus being our treasure. And I'll give up everything I have to have Jesus. Well, that's great. And that's true. But that's not what it's talking about here. A person discovered there was hidden treasure in a field. The field, it says, just prior to this in another parable, the field is the world. And the person is Jesus. And he's the only one who gave everything to purchase that treasure in the field. And you are his treasure. You are the exquisite pearl that he gave everything for so that you could come into the fullness of what the Father has provided for you. He gave up everything. Your history. Can you see? We, we, we love to think, well, I'll give up everything for you, Lord, because you're so wonderful. I'll, I'll give you my whole heart. I don't care about anything else. I just want you. That's exactly what he's saying about you. 
because this is about you. You are the treasure. You are the pearl that he gave everything for just so we could have that treasure, just so we could have you in the kingdom. For God so loved the world, the field is the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, see, you're the treasure that he gave everything for. And when we see this, we get a bit of a glimpse of his vision of the bride. See, the bride, the church, is his treasure. (laughs) So don't think for a moment he's going to allow anything to harm his bride. Just stay engaged. Just stay engaged. Remember, you're engaged to him. You're betrothed to him. You belong to him. We're on the walk and we're heading into a glory realm. We're going to be united with him. There's going to be a marriage of the lamb and we're going to be in the bride of Christ, the breakfast feast, the celebration, the wedding feast, whatever you want to call it. That's the promise at the very end, the promised land. But there are so many other promises and things he wants to share and he wants his church to grow up into and we'll teach on that later on. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, let your truth be so gratefully and joyfully accepted into our hearts that you love us so much that you would give heaven's very best so that we could be joined together, united once again, in the Father's love. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Keep reminding us, keep prompting us, keep showing us things that are going to cause us to be so keen to follow after you. Quicken our understanding and open our eyes, Lord, that we can run in the way of your commandments because we see the realm of glory that you've prepared for us to walk in, that we can run in the ways of your commandments and go from glory to glory to glory to glory in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you haven't got your communion, would you like to grab it now? Um, just seems to be a bit of a theme going this morning because I was going to speak on truth. <laughs> Oops. You'll be right. You'll be right. Yeah, you'll be right. Three-second rule, isn't it? Um, 
We live in a world where there's just so many lies, you know. It's just our government's lying to us in so many ways, our media, our health. There's just so many lies that's happening. And we know that Satan's the, um, the father of lies. You know, he's a murderer. Um, Satan comes to kill, steal and destroy. And in John 14, 1, in the Amplified, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled, afraid, cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith, hold on to it, rely on it and keep going. Believe also in me. And then further down in that scripture, um, in verse 14, 6 of John, um, in the Passion, Jesus explains, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know the Father too. So he's come to bring us truth. And we've been hearing so much about truth. Um, in John 1, 17 in the Amplified, it says, For while the law was given to Moses, grace, unearned, undeserved favour and spiritual blessing, and truth came through Jesus Christ. So this is the word of God. This is his truth. And in John 8, 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Um, in John 17, 17, it says, The word of truth will make them holy by the truth. So through Jesus Christ coming, making the way for us, God sent his only son for us, he has made the way so that we can know the truth. Not what's happening out there, but we, he has given us the truth, the word of God, so that we know what the truth is when we hear it. So if you'd like to stand. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that your love us so much that you have made a way for us to go right into the throne room of your presence. Lord, we just thank you for your love for each one of us, Lord, and what the work you were doing in each one of us, Lord. And we just thank you that you come and sent your son for us to die on the cross so that we can have life to the full, in abundance, overflowing, and your truth and your life is flowing through each one of us. Lord, we just thank you for your bread. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. And the life is in the blood. Lord, we just thank you for your blood. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for making the way. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glory to God. <laughs> Tomorrow's a holiday. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So there's no playgroup tomorrow. 
Um, that's a Monday playgroup, no playgroup. Um, I, I have made mention of, of um, something that's happening at the Baptist Church on uh, Tuesday of this week. And I don't know if uh, it may have booked out by this stage, but um, <laughs> it's uh, COVID-19. What is the truth and where to from here? <laughs> there's five, there's five um, doctors um, that are going to be in attendance um, there. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that will be a, an interesting event. Um, come and see me if... Uh, do you know if they're booked out yet, Rhoda? No. Come and see me if, um, if you think you might like to go that. I'm not sure. It's a $10 ticket, but... Um, RSVP the 13th of March. What's... That's tomorrow. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, that's that. Uh, Wednesday is um, our prayer meeting down here. We will be here on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday is our uh, men's group. Um, have we confirmed the venue? Have we confirmed the venue or not? No, no. I'll let you let everybody know in a little while about that one. But um, Thursday. Um, and. Uh, I think that's it. Have I missed something, anybody? Oh, sorry, yes. Yes, Thursday morning prayer meeting. Thank you, Rosemary. Um, that's usually after chapel at 9.30. Is that, that, that is correct. So uh, that's in the William room. Um, so if anybody is available at that time, praying for the school, praying into the school, which is... Very, very important. Very important. So, will the Lord bless you really good? Um, you might have your children back shortly. Or maybe not. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day and, uh, and tomorrow. We'll see you. Lord bless you.